There were a few moves the Reds didn't make this trade deadline that we need to address. So we will. As the Reds get set for three in Milwaukee, we'll preview that series and Steve talks with a draft pick. That's all on right now. You are locked on Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Steve Offenbaker, alongside Jeff Carr, and we have a passion for baseball. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds. We've taken that passion, and we've turned it into information for you. Jeff and I have both been podcasting about this team for four years apiece. That's over eight years of podcasting experience, talking about these Cincinnati Reds. On today's show, we are going to get into the moves that the Reds did not make at the trade deadline and what the impacts of those decisions actually are on the team moving forward. Jeff and I are also going to preview the series with the Milwaukee Brewers that starts tonight. Uh, and then to wrap it all up, I have an interview where I sat down with the 2022 round five draft pick of the Cincinnati Reds, Cade Hunter. That's a great conversation. Can't wait for you to hear. Uh, today's episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. All right, Jeff. We kind of teased it just for a second there. Uh, you know, we talked a lot about the moves that the Reds did make at the trade deadline, but there are several moves that they didn't make that are going to have some impacts on this team moving forward. And we should probably spend a few minutes talking about those and addressing them a little bit. Yeah, there's guys they didn't trade. And then there are guys who they did trade that some people thought that they might sign to extensions. Let's start first with the guys that didn't trade, though, because there's a couple of dudes that are going to remain on this team. We're talking about veteran dudes who were either on expiring deals or seemed like they probably were better off as trade chips. And that starts with Donovan Solano. And I think part of that was just simply health-wise. I think we've mentioned this before on the podcast that had he been healthy all season and had he been producing at the clip that he is right now, he'd have been an easy trade chip, probably even more coveted than Brandon Drury. But it's just teams haven't seen him do it enough in 2022. Oh, yeah, I think you hit the nail on the head. It was all about playing time. I'm actually surprised even taking that into account. I'm a little bit surprised that he wasn't a, a throw-in piece on one of these pitcher deals to maybe yeah. to get just an extra little you know kiss of a elevated prospect back in return by, by adding him in. I'm just uh, I'm surprised that didn't happen. But uh, I think that it boils down to he just didn't have enough playing time to show teams that he was really healthy and, and ready to go help in a, a postseason push. Yeah, but as far as um, other guys that were possibly trade candidates go, I think we've talked about this a little bit off air. We really haven't gotten into it in a podcast form, but Kyle Farmer was not traded. Um, I think there's a multi-layered reason to that. You want to kind of start peeling off that first layer? 
Well, I think the first piece of it was is the there was a little propaganda machine going on there leading up to the to the trade deadline talking about, you know, the Reds uh, are taking uh, calls on Kyle Farmer, but their asking price is very, very high. And I think that centers around Barry Larkin telling the masses that that Kyle Farmer should get a long term extension and have the C on his chest and all of those ridiculous things that Barry said in the broadcast booth. Uh, I think that's what that was. I think that it was a little bit of of fan service that they were saying those things. Uh, and ultimately, I think that I'm okay now that they didn't trade him because I think he's useful as a utility for this team for the next couple of years. Uh, what I was worried about was the Reds actually having the intestinal fortitude we'll use for this family-friendly <laughs> podcast to move him off of shortstop and let us see what we could do for the shortstop of the future. I didn't think they would do that, and they surprised me. David Bell came out yesterday and said that's exactly what they're going to do moving forward. Farmer is going to play third base a lot, and Jose Barrero will be at short. So having having done that, I'm okay now that they didn't trade him and they kept him around. But the other piece that they didn't do that that makes me be okay is they did not extend him or buy out his arbitration years or do any wonky stuff. They just are kind of roll status quo with him. I'm a little bit interested to see if they explore that in the offseason. That might be something that still happens. I'm not necessarily advocating for it. I'm just saying that's very likely. But when I think of Kyle Farmer, I think, yes, he's fine. He's a gritty dude. He's a dude who probably is a great clubhouse presence for this team. Everyone has pretty much said that. He's a ball player, Jeff. Yeah, he's a ball player. Yeah, exactly. But I think that the Reds value him far more than any other baseball team in the major leagues. And that is why he didn't get traded because – they basically slapped a price tag on all these dudes. The Reds were able to uh, sell off Luis Castillo. They were able to sell off Tyler Malley, sell off Brandon Drury for the price tags that they put on them. They put way too high a price tag on Kyle. Ford. It's like whenever you have like that garage sale item that you're like, you know, I don't really want to part with it. But if somebody really wants to give me quite a bit, I'll give it to you. I think that was the case here with him. So that was not something that was ever going to come into fruition. And whether his long-term value is to this team, it's super utility, super utility guy. And you're not going to bend over backwards, I hope, to uh, just you know sign that guy. Because, well, there's some guys that they didn't sign. And really, two other guys that I had listed on here, but I think we both know why. Mike Miner, Jeff Hoffman weren't traded. To be so honest with so yeah. Jeff Hoffman, though, I mean, I've, uh, you know, maybe he hasn't quite done enough this season. I think maybe his window for trade might have been last Early. season in the bullpen. Yeah. But, but Jeff Hoffman would have been an interesting case. I think he could have been useful to somebody. And then, of course, Mike Miner, unless someone's just looking to raise their home runs allowed total, I can't, <laughs> I can't think of another reason to trade for Mike Miner. Yeah, I think if he were healthy all year, he might be challenging Eric Milton's team record on that. Um, but when I look at those guys, it's pretty obvious for me. The interesting thing here, and, and we talked about the contract situation with Kyle Farmer and what that could look like in the offseason, there were a couple of guys that reportedly the Reds were at least in some talks with. Now, not necessarily Tyler Malley, but reports were up until a few days before they traded him, the Reds were talking to Luis Castillo about a contract extension. And now Nick Crawl dispelled this, but there were some rumors coming out of the front office that they had explored contract negotiations with Brandon Drury. I think that there's 
two very different reasons as to why they didn't extend both those guys. But uh, well, let's start with Drury because everybody sees the numbers that he's putting up this year and say, well, why aren't you buying into that? This one I was okay with. You know, I go back and forth. Yeah, he's hit 20 home runs, but I still look at his career, and this is the outlier year. And the the way things went with guys like Scooter Jeanette and Derek Dietrich, and and you know, and there's a there's a lengthy list here in Cincinnati of people that put up a sometimes great half season, sometimes great whole season, but then that's all they had, and it was an outlier. And for me, it gave it gives me enough pause that I think the the maximum value to the franchise was flipping that player for a prospect that can help the team for multiple years down the road. I think the Reds made the right decision. And if they did talk to him about an extension, that was probably just more of a, a due diligence thing to be able to say, you know, we discussed it just to kind of see where his number was at. And we still felt like the best long-term benefit to the club was to bring in a prospect. I, I, I imagine that's why that was even uh, on the table. Yeah. I think it's important to note, you know, where a guy comes from and, and what his, what the reasoning for him coming here is just because he has played super well, doesn't necessarily mean that that was expected. It was, it's been great. I mean, we've, we've been super surprised, super happy with the way that Brandon jury has played, but he came here on like a $900,000 deal in the middle of spring training, not the beginning of spring training, not the middle of free agency in the middle of spring training, whenever the reds were just looking at their roster and like, Oh, we need depth. We, we, we need something here that we can lean on in case guys get hurt. And then guys got hurt. He got playing time. He took a hold of that playing time credit to him. That doesn't necessarily mean that you need to keep him around for a long time because you're right. This is probably an aberration for him. And, and, and if, and even, even if I'm wrong about that, even if, if he goes out and has two or three more seasons of this type of production, I still think if, again, we can't evaluate this trade until five years down the road, but you know, if that prospect from San Diego pans out, then the, the long-term win belongs to the Reds. So I think there, there was risk on both sides. Risk for San Diego. Uh, they're, they're getting a guy that's going to be a free agent. Uh, risk for the Reds. They're giving up a guy that's been productive to get a prospect back. But you know, uh, there's nothing that says that the Reds can't go out and sign Brandon Drury back for a one or two year contract this offseason if they really feel like uh, that they missed an opportunity to have him here. Uh, it's going to depend a lot, I think, on how he performs in San Diego the rest of the way. And I really think that that is the key point here. It's the long-term plan. We're not talking about this year. We're not talking about next year. We're not even really talking about 2024 if you're Nick Crawl. Nick Crawl is looking down the road with these moves. And that's probably a reason why the Reds didn't like, you know, package together some crazy deal to try and bring Juan Soto in. Number one, they're never going to be able to sign a guy like that to an extension, but also by the time that he's ready for that extension, that's when the Reds are just going to start getting good again. So it, it's all about who is going to be here three, four, five years down the road, not who's going to be here next year. And really, if their final year is 2024, then you've really got to be honest about where the Reds are going to be. They might very well be a 500 team then. They could stretch it and become a playoff team. But I don't think that that is exactly where they're going to be and why they should not just plan to have a guy who has an expiring contract in 2024. 
You know, I, I think that's absolutely right. And, you know, on the flip side of that, the extension talks with Luis Castillo. That yeah. I thought absolutely had to happen. You could not trade him before you had a, a serious sit down with his representatives and, and, and find out what the number really looks like. And I imagine that his number looked like $30 million a year. I, I really yeah. think that's probably what his number looked like. Now, and the number deserves- of years. And, and, and exactly. I mean, he, he's pitching at that level uh, that he, he deserves to be compensated like other pitchers pitching at that level. And I just I don't think the Reds were ever going to go that high, even if he only wanted. And, and I'm sure it was more like a five or six year deal. Uh, I, I can't imagine that the Reds would have even been willing to go that high for a two or three year deal uh, on an extension. So uh, but you absolutely have to have that conversation. You have to know. Uh, because the worst thing in the world that could have happened is you trade Luis Castillo and he says, I'm happy in my new home. I would have loved to stay in Cincinnati. I was going to give them a hometown discount. They never asked. That's what you don't want to come out. So, you know, I, I'm, I'm glad that they at least sat down with his people and tried. Yes. And, and that's, and that's the key here. And look, there's probably people already saying these guys are yes, men. What are you talking about? You're just offending this organization. No, this is the reality of where we are. This is how the reds have turned ever since 2020 when it felt like they were all in and now they're all in on a rebuild, but at least they're all in on something because I was a little bit worried they were going to waffle between stuff. But I tell you what, Steve, there's a lot of guys that are still left on this roster that are a lot of fun to watch. And they're going to be busy this weekend in Milwaukee. We are going to preview that series, including tonight's pitching matchup of Eric Lauer and Robert Duggar coming up here in just a moment. But as we look at some guys who might sparkle for the Reds here soon, I need to tell you about the place to get your next sparkly thing. That's BlueNile.com. You can find the piece for your significant other, whether you're trying to pop a question or you're wanting to celebrate a special moment. Go to BlueNile.com today. They've got the jewelry piece for you. You can build a special engagement setting so that it's one of one, one of a kind. Everybody always talks about, you know, where'd you get that from? Is it special? Whatever. Like everybody wants that one of a kind piece. You can do it at BlueNile.com today. Plus, they've got this anniversary sale that's going on, the Blue Nile anniversary sale, where you can save 40% off of fine jewelry. You can also save 25% off engagement settings. That's BlueNile.com and their anniversary sale today. Check it out. And if you're like me and you know a lot more about Weighted Runs Created Plus than you do anything when it comes to jewelry, they have experts on hand 24-7 to help you out. BlueNile.com. Check out their anniversary sale today. And, uh, you know, shop stress-free. Find your forever peace at BlueNile.com. Thanks for making Lockdown Reds your first listen. After today's episode, go check out Lockdown MLB Prospects. Lindsey Crosby has you covered on all of the prospects that all of the teams who were sellers like the Reds got in their trades, how they're going to affect that team's future, and who are the stars of tomorrow. That's Lockdown MLB Prospects, just like Lockdown Reds, free and available on all platforms. All right, Steve, let's break down this series. The Reds are going up against the Brew Crew. The Brew Crew, at least for the moment, as we are talking right now on uh, Thursday night, are in first place. It depends on what happens with the Cubs and the uh, Cardinals, as it's only a half game. They could be tied for first place. But I tell you this, they're 14 and a half games up on the Reds. So if the Reds sweep this series, yeah, yeah I'm just kidding. I can't, can't get through all that, but... Uh, <laughs> 
So you're saying there's a chance. No, 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 no. This is, no, there's not. This is about some guys that are trying to make a name for themselves, trying to stick on this roster, trying to show what they mean for the future of the Reds. It starts tonight with a guy that I don't think I'm putting any expectations on whatsoever, but could he be here for 2023? I, I don't know. Robert Duggar's on the mound tonight. Steve, what do you think about Robert Duggar? Eh? No, listen, this is <laughs> this is another uh, another one of those guys that is going to come up and get an opportunity to showcase themselves. You know, I don't I don't know a lot about Robert Duggar because I haven't seen a lot of Robert Duggar. Right. And, you know, this is a chance for him to to go out and, and get some film going right at some major league hitters. And this is this is not a bad lineup. This Milwaukee Brewers lineup Ooh. only has two guys in it right now with a weighted runs created plus below league average under 100. So the, there are productive hitters in this lineup that he's going to have to figure out how to deal with. Uh, it's an audition, Jeff. And I think we just keep looking at him like that. Uh, come yeah. up, do something, earn, earn your next time through, show us something again, and maybe you get to stick. And you know what? I want to take credit for this because I feel like early on this season, there were some questions about one outfielder of the Milwaukee Brewers and his name being Christian Yelich. And people are just like, are we ever going to see the old Christian Yelich? And then he had a series of great American ballpark where I think he went 12 for six. Like he got twice as many hits as he had at bats. And he just absolutely figured things out when it comes to hitting a baseball. So the Reds are the reason that he's back, people. Like if the Brewers make a deep playoff run because of Christian Yelich, they should be thanking the Cincinnati Reds pitching staff because that is why he is where he is. And I just wanted to put that out there. Well, you know, he has not returned to his MVP form, but uh, his his weighted runs created plus is 115 right now. So he's performing about 15% above league average. So, yeah, solid, if, solid. if the Reds, he's, they're playing the Reds, he always is a Reds killer. So probably he's at 130 by the time this series is over. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, probably so. But I will say this, the Reds face tonight. So here's the pitching matchup, just a quick rundown. Tonight, it's Robert Duggar for the Reds against Eric Lauer for the Brewers, which last year I was worried about that. This year, not so much because this year the Reds are good against left-handed pitching. Crazy. Then Saturday, you've got Aaron Ashby for the Milwaukee Brewers going up against Nick Lodolo. Really looking forward to that. Aaron Ashby has been pitching super well for the Brewers. And of course, Nick Lodolo has been on fire for our red legs. So that's going to be a lot of fun. Sunday is a tough one. Sunday's Hunter Green that I'm looking forward to because he's been pitching well lately, but he's going up against Corbin Burns. He's going up against one of the top five pitchers in the game right now. If the Reds are going to make some hay in the series, it's going to be on Friday and Saturday. That's defending National League Cy Young Award <laughs> winner. Corbin Burns. He ain't winning it this versus, year. It's Sandy Alcantara. It's, but no, yeah. that's that's for sure. That is absolutely for, for sure. But I tell you what, that game, that game on Sunday has the potential to be a pitcher's duel that's going to be very, very fun to watch. And I'm looking forward to that one. Uh, it's probably for me. It's probably a, a coin flip as to you know how that game could go if it's if it's good hunter green if he's if he's dealing and uh able to pull the string a little bit and keep those hitters off balance it could be a pitcher's duel that's going to be something special Derek johnson needs to turn into like an old boxing coach or something when he's pumping hunter green up for that match or just like he wants to bury you he wants to murder you you get out there and you do your best he's got you gotta go you gotta give everything you got in every pitch because corbin burns 
is really good. I don't know if we've said that or not. But yes, this lineup for the Brewers is going to pose quite a challenge for Lodolo and Green. Like we said, one through nine, It's you don't have easy outs in the Brewers lineup anymore. They are very solid. And of course, we are probably going to see Willie Adamas do some stuff because when Willie Adamas plays the Reds, I think he's got an OPS of like a million. Because um, I've said that before, that Willie Adamas and Ian Happ could team up just the two of them and probably beat the Reds by 10. So it's, it's going to be an interesting series. The Reds have really struggled against teams above 500 this year. Obviously they've played 61 games. They're 21 and 40, whereas they've played 43 games against sub 500 teams are 21 and 22. So as much as I loved the series is against the AL East, there's something about non AL East teams that the Reds just don't seem to do very well in. Yeah, you look at this matchup, and I, I, I'm going to be realistic, Jeff. I, I just don't see, I don't see the Reds winning this series. I don't think they're going to get swept. I think they'll take one of these games in Milwaukee, yeah. but they're going to lose two of three on, on this particular series. It's, I just, I don't really see any way around it. I mean, they won't be blowouts, I don't think, but they're going to lose two of three. Especially when you look at, like, I, I wrote down here the last, uh, the Reds played Eric Lauer back on June 17th. They scored four runs in six innings against him on three homers, but two of those homers are gone, as uh, Brandon Drury and Tommy Pham both homered against Eric Lauer on that day. Albert Almora was uh, the third homer in that game. But yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, the lineups very overmatched uh, brewers over reds. So how the reds pitching staff goes, isn't necessarily going to decide how they win or how they lose the series. Um, because even if they hold them to one or two runs, they're probably only looking at one or two runs of run support. Well, I can tell you one thing for sure, Jeff, it is my hope that the Reds lineup plays up to their competition and performs like the Brewers lineup in this series and yeah. somehow maybe manages to steal two of three. Uh, but, but I'll tell you what, Jeff, have you ever wondered what life is like for a Reds draft pick? All the time. All right. Well, you're going to get to find out exactly what it is like because I sat down with Cade Hunter today. He is the Reds' fifth round draft pick from this year's draft. And we're going to give you the inside scoop about what it's like for him coming up and joining the Reds organization. But before you get that inside scoop, I want to give you the inside scoop of what you can win over at betonline.net uh, with Robert Duggar slated to start for the Reds. They are a sizable underdog. Uh, Milwaukee is at negative uh, 175 on the money line. Uh, the run total over under is nine though. So that looks intriguing with Eric Lauer, a guy the Reds have hit a bit on the mound for the Brewers. Take the over. Take the over. So everybody bet the under Jeff says, take the over. No, I'm going to go with you, Jeff, on this. I'll take the over. Uh, and to do that, you can head over to betonline.net because it is the fastest and easiest way to check in on all of your betting needs. Find all your favorite sports and events at the number one online source for the odds, lines, and games. Find reviews and news for every league, including Major League Baseball, the NFL, the NBA, the NHL, and the combat sports. They've even got esports and golf over there. They've got a little something for everybody. BetOnline continues to be the top online resource for all of your sports wagering information. From live in-game betting, scores, and podcasts, they have you covered. 
Head to betonline.net today and you or use your mobile device uh, or computer to learn about the action happening right now. Bet online, it's where the game starts. Hey, if you haven't done so yet, you can follow and subscribe to this podcast on any of the major podcasting platforms, and you can follow us over at YouTube. Click the little bell there so that you get notifications every time we drop something new. Uh, Coming up next week, we will continue to have you covered. We will break down uh, this Milwaukee series and get you set for something special that's taking place next week, which is the Reds playing in Iowa for the Field of Dreams game. We will have you covered all along the way. Uh, also, make sure you're following us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, Jeff, I had a great opportunity today to sit down for just a minute and talk with the Reds' uh, fifth-round draft pick in Cade Hunter. Uh, it was a, a great opportunity to, to talk with an up-and-coming player in the Reds organization. Uh, you know, he this was the second time that he was drafted, so it was a good good conversation with him. He went to college the first time he got drafted and, and stuck it out and bet on himself and uh, very excited about this individual. So without further ado, we will go to that interview now. Welcome back. This is John Sadak. While you were away, we had a mound visit, and it looks like they might be making a change. Yep, yep, they're going to the lefty in the bullpen. It's Southpaw Sizzle. Here comes Stephen Offenbaker. Well, now that we fast forward through the college years and you get drafted by the Reds in the fifth round this time, take me through that a little mm-hmm. bit. Did you, did you know it was going to be Cincinnati ahead of time? Did, did you have any conversations? What did, what does a draft look like for a guy the second time through like that? Yeah. Um, you know, pretty much just start, starts fresh. Um, the only time was, you know, I mean, I had a lot more, more, more meetings. Um, I had some meetings in the fall. So I'm, and, you know, still going through the draft link online. Um, but this one was I went out to the draft combine, which is where I first talked to the Reds. And I talked to a couple of their head front office guys, um, had a real good meeting with them. They were actually, um, um, you know, obviously get a choice. But, you know, they were they were one of the teams that, you know, uh, that, that I would put pretty high up on my list, the way they discussed, you know, catch development and and some of their prospects it really stuck out to me so that was my first conversation with them and and glad that it turned out this way so what happens then once your name is called once once they say uh, you're our guy what's the process like after that from um uh the, the drafting scout and you ever um after that, you know, you, you let it set in for a couple, couple of days. You know, they say, you know, um, and we'll reach out in a couple of days, days, start getting some information. I'm now out in uh, area, uh, um, about about two weeks. I think this Saturday will be two weeks since we've been here, out here for uh, for draft camp. So we've been all, you know, getting to know each other, getting the feel. We've been practicing the ACL team that's out here. Uh, I mean, I know eventually they're going to, I think pretty soon, Actually, within the next some of us out to uh, Daytona for the low A team. Um, so 
kind of pretty fast. I know they want us to get out there as soon as possible, and then we'll come back here for instructs and then for spring training. So it kind of moves pretty quickly, and, you know, it, it's been awesome out here, except dry heat out here. Yeah, I, I come to I come to Goodyear uh, every March, and I love wow. Phoenix in March, but the rest of the year it's a whole different beast. <laughs> so let's talk about the catching side of things because I, you hear a lot about catchers, and there's a lot of extra, I guess, grading that goes on with a catcher because not only are they looking at how you can perform offensively, and then they're looking at how you do playing the position defensively, but there's that added layer of how you can work with and manage a pitching staff. So now you're coming into a new organization, a new system, uh, a professional baseball player. What does that look like for you as far as uh, getting comfortable in managing a pitching staff, learning the pitchers, and what is your approach to building a relationship with pitchers to, to be able to do that better? Yeah. Um, I've been at school just, you know, um, hanging out with the pitchers, you know, talking to them. Um, I know uh, I got a pitcher as a roommate, um, you know, just being comfortable with them off the field, at least with the draft guys I've been around with. Um, that relationship, comfortability. Um, if you're comfortable with them off the field, it makes it a lot easier with them with this guy. Um, as far as you know, some of the new guys, you know, we're, we're catching a lot of bullpens, uh, different pitchers, pretty much every time. Um, the big difference, big uh, transitions against barrier that there is um, out here. You know, uh, they recommended, especially the catchers and the pitchers, Spanish, so that you know you can communicate the signs and stuff like that. So um, they gave us some resources for that bit, um, but really just, you know, you know, just being yourself around them, you know, that goes around you and, and then you both know what you're getting out in the field and it makes it, you know, a lot more fun to compete. When you think about your game, if, if you were asking, you're, you're about to be asked, in fact, I'm just going to ask you now, describe for me your game. What, what is great about your game? What are the things you're hoping to work on between now and that first spring training next year to, to put yourself in the best, success, the best position to be successful and move through the ranks quickly? Yeah, I like to off as just an athlete. Um, um, I know the catching side can... There's a little bit of stereotype on what what a catcher should look like and and what they should do. Um, you know, I know I'm, I'm I can move well back there, um, but just what I want to work just just solidifying my receiving, get more consistent with that. Um, Corky Miller, our, our uh, catching coordinator out here, uh, a little bit on some footwork with throwing because he's he's really driving home the point that, you know, arm strength doesn't last forever. You know, you got to have for when, um, you know, your arm doesn't feel good or or when you lose it in a couple of times soon. But, um, you know, just solidifying some of that, um, things to my game that, you know, I I didn't get a chance to, you know, my, my somewhat short. Uh, um, and, you know, as far as hitting, you know, continuing my routine with what they have to offer. They haven't really, um, you know, discussed much with us yet. We just evaluations with different technology 
trophies and whatnot, but I know they really just want to see us play before uh, swings and mechanics and whatnot. But, you know, just with the little bit I've, I've learned already just from the – I'm really excited, you know, to continue to develop that part of my game. That was some good stuff. I'm looking forward to watching him develop through the Reds' farm system and seeing exactly what kind of impact he can have. It's also illuminating as the whole prospect. I mean, kind of like we said, talking about getting drafted. That's something that we've not gone through because, well, we're talking about baseball. We're not playing baseball. So There's all that. By the way, you said inside scoop a couple of times there before the bet online ad, and now I'm going to go get some ice cream. So... <laughs> That's where we're going to end today's episode. Thank you so much for watching and for listening to the Locked On Reds podcast. Coming up next week, like we said, the Field of Dreams game is coming up. We're going to get you set for that. We're going to look deeper into this farm system and kind of talk about some guys that you can expect to make huge impacts on the Reds in the coming years. You will not want to miss any of that because you want to follow Locked On Reds and make sure that you're with us every single day. Now, as this podcast ends, check out Locked On MLB. As Sully has you covered as the playoff picture starts to get a little bit clearer after the trade deadline. He's going to have you covered every single day over on Locked On MLB. It's just like Locked On Reds, free and available on all platforms. Steve, we're going to Milwaukee. And then after Milwaukee, we're going to New York to face the Mets. A lot of tough teams coming up here for the Red Legs. What can people expect from us? They can expect us to be locked in and be locked on the Reds every single day.